0: Hello and welcome back everybody to the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. It's your host, Pastor Josiah. Hey, I wanted to thank all of you new listeners. You've been coming up to me very faithfully to thank me for the podcast and just say that you got on board um, when we were doing our Easter, our 40 Days to Easter. And I really appreciate that. Thank you for um, both for coming on and, and supporting the program and for letting me know because it's very encouraging to know that you guys are listening. And uh, that you continued after our 40 days. That means a lot to me. So um, here we go. Uh, what we do, um, since we picked up some new listeners, just a quick reminder is that our normal way of doing things is to take a verse of the day. Typically, I'll get that from you version. On occasion, I have um, requests. But typically, I'll take that you version um, verse of the day. And um, on the day that I am going to record, and I'll just take it and we look at it. Um, we love to put the verse in context. So we'll take that verse and look at the other verses around it. Um, We love to find um, where we can see Jesus in the verse, since Jesus said all of scripture points towards him. And then we just love to maybe a practical observation here or there about um, how it could help us in our Christian life. Okay. And we just keep it simple like that. It's not a deep dive. It's not um, theology hour. Nothing wrong with that. I'm a theology nerd myself, but I'm just telling you what we try to keep it to in the parameters of this program. Okay. All right, so here we go. We've got another 316 today, so everybody knows John 316, uh, but there are 316s throughout the Bible, and this particular one is 1 Corinthians 316, okay? First letter from Paul to a church that he planted in a Roman colony in Corinth, and uh he planted a church there. Now, the Corinthians are known, that, that church was known to have some issues, of course. I think some people who have any familiarity at all know that 1 Corinthians has a lot of correction in it. Paul seems to be frustrated about some things, but it has a lot of positives too. A lot of cool things going on in the Corinthian church. So let's dive in. First Corinthians 3.16, I'll read it in the ESV and then we'll look at it in context. It says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? All right. Do you not know that you are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in you? All right. Already an incredible verse of the day. Am I right? What a what a claim. Um, the claim here is that you, as a believer, so Paul's addressing believers in Christ here. He says that you are God's temple. Just a little context on that word temple um, in in the world that Paul inhabited, the temple would have been known, especially to a Jew like Paul, but also to pagans like some of the Corinthians would have been. Um, a temple was a meeting place between a god and his followers or her followers. Okay? That's just the very basic meaning of what a temple was. It was a place built you know, to certain specifications so that a, a god could meet with those who were worshiping it. And God, um, the God of the Bible, the Father of Jesus Christ, is a unique God in that he claimed his temple was his people. Each individual person he dwelt in and then us as total, like um, all believers, are collectively the temple of God. We're the dwelling place of God. And he dwells in us by his Holy Spirit. So that's just some insight on, you know, that's a pillar in Christian theology, and this verse is one of the reasons why. Now, our first clue that we need some context on this is why does Paul need to remind them? Did you guys notice that? In other words, it starts, do you not know that you are God's temple? So if you're reading this as your verse of the day, you should, your instinct should go, wait a minute, why is he having to remind his original audience of this? So let's go um, up a little bit to 10, verse 10. It says, according to the grace of God given to me, Like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. He's talking about when he planted the church at Corinth. I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. That would be the elders and deacons and people that are there at the church. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the whole reason Paul planted that church, that that church and Crosspoint and any church, if it's a real one, belongs to Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day, that day meaning when Christ returns, will disclose it, it'll show it for what it is, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up... He will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you. So amazing, you know, Um, he's saying that Jesus is the foundation and no one can lay that other than Christ. And then upon it, people are allowed to build, you know, in Jesus's name. And if they do it from their heart in full sincerity and the power of the Spirit, then what they're building will survive when Christ returns to judge the living and the dead. But if it's been built for our own reasons and for our own, you know, hang-ups and issues and desires and things, then that day will show it for what it was. It wasn't God's work, it was ours. And what is that work? Ultimately, God's work in this world is building his people together. The gospel is calling people from every tribe, tongue, and nation to be a people of God, called for his purpose, called to be his temple. All right, and then here's these sober words of warning that we'll end with here in 17 where it says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. This is, and you guys um, who who know could tell me, but this is one of the few, if not the only place I can think of in the New Testament, uh, Revelation might might be an exception. I'm not sure. But here is one, man, one of the very few places I can think of where Paul in the New Testament says that God expressly will destroy someone for doing something. Uh, and that warning is reserved for those who would like to destroy God's temple, God's people, his church that he's putting together. So because God's temple is holy to him, and you are that temple, <laughs> man. So, Roman, uh, First Corinthians, First Corinthians, three, sixteen, and seventeen. Powerful verses, man. I mean, you could do a lot worse than have these by memory and uh, in front of you to kind of remind us all of the importance, the depth of what we're involved in here. Um, one thing this could help us to just thinking practically. Um, in our culture, um, this is America, uh, where I'm recording this, and in our culture, there seem there the tide seems to be the popular tide is turning against biblical Christianity. You know, people just are increasingly not for it, have a lot of criticism. If you're willing to edit the Bible and do things differently according to our culture, then they'll be okay with you. But just straightforward New Testament Christianity is isn't popular these days in our culture, and it's good to just re read things like this, like we are God's temple. God is personally involved in building it. Jesus is the foundation. And there's a threat, a warning that lays over the church that says if anyone destroys this temple, God will destroy them. And so we don't have to live in anxiety and fear that somehow the church, God's people, will fail just because some culture like America decides that they don't like it. Isn't that reassuring? It is for me. And not only is it reassuring, it helps me to calm down. You know, people criticize me or whatever. That's okay. They're not messing with me. They're messing with God. That way I can, I can forgive. I can be calm and just let God do his work. Okay. And I hope you'll feel the same assurance and peace today as you listen to this. All right, guys. Love being with you. Um, again, thank you to all new listeners and looking forward to um, bringing even more on. If this um, program helps you at all, why not recommend it to a friend? Uh, we don't make any money off of it. We're just doing it to um, help and uh, mainly to inspire people to be committed to the habit of reading Scripture and not only reading it but meditating on it, which is, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's what we just did for about nine minutes together. It was just meditated on that Scripture and thought through it. All right, we'll see you next time.